702. The Political Desk. All right, nine before seven o'clock. The big story, of course, has to be the adjusted budget presented by the finance minister, Tito Mboweni, yesterday. Uh, reaction to it has been coming in thick and fast. And, of course, we have to get Labour's perspective. Uh, Kosatu has slammed the budget, saying it uh, uh, more or less as a, a disappointment. Uh, we're joined now by Kosatu's parliamentary coordinator, Matthew Parks. Uh, Matthew, always a pleasure to speak to you. Welcome back to our programme. Uh, good morning. Thank you for having us. You're saying this is a, a budget not fit for a country that's in deep recession. Yes, the minister disappointed and amazing. He didn't announce any new measures to take us out of a recession, to stimulate the economy, to create jobs, to avoid us going to economic depression. All he did was to remind us of the economic relief measures the president announced a month ago, many of which are already underway. But those were relief measures to get the country through the COVID-19 lockdown, but not to get us out of a recession or possibly a depression. So for us, we were underwhelmed. We had expected a stimulus plan. The president had correctly alluded to a stimulus plan several times over the past few months. The president had said anything less than a one trillion stimulus plan won't get us anywhere. Yet the minister announced nothing yesterday. Um, There were no plans to create jobs to get the economy going. We lose about 10% of our budget every year to corruption and wasteful expenditure. That's about 150 billion rand, according to the Auditor General. Minister announced nothing there. What are we going to do to stop the bleeding? We all know the SOEs are various stages of crisis, have been a drain of fiscus into the economy. The Minister didn't announce any plans or roadmap to get the SOEs back on their feet. One so of the for us, it was quite disappointing. Yeah. Matthew, one of the things you spoke about in your statement afterwards uh, was, of course, uh, what you're calling is uh, as, as the silence on wasteful expenditure. Uh, what would you like to have heard on that one? That we lose 150 billion rand. How much have we managed to, to, to save? How much have we managed to recover? How many politicians, officials, business people have been held accountable? What are further interventions they're going to do in that regard? So, for example, they could have announced further measures to tighten the procurement requirements, empower the role of the chief procurement officer. We know the looting frenzies are especially rife in key SOEs like ESCOM, Transnet, SAA, but also many municipalities, many provincial departments. <clears throat> we don't expect miracles overnight. You don't expect that 150 billion rand lose every year to disappear one day because someone is angry. But at least they could have said we've managed to reduce it by a third. We've managed to hold so many people accountable. They don't, there's nothing like that. And people, they need a sense of hope that there is some progress. That the, the views and the anger of the public are being heard. The minister only focused about reducing the wage bill. Yeah. Now, if you want workers to, to feel that they need to sacrifice tight and belt, then they want to know, oh, okay, so what are you doing to manage our taxes efficiently? Why must we suffer? if you can't manage corruption or wasteful expenditure. Well, obviously, uh, those are, are, are glaring problems, uh, wasteful expenditure, corruption, mismanagement. Uh, but one of the things that was notable in the speech yesterday was how, in a sense, he kicked for touch on uh, the wage bill and the wage issue. Uh, and although your view is that uh, he often uh, treats public servants uh, like glorified slaves, there are those who will say part of how we got to or got into this mess is how uh, the alliance has uh, tried to mollycoddle 
actual uh, public sector trade unions. And uh, that's how, in a way, uh, we've got to this mess because, of course, uh, that wage bill is a large contributor to this debt crisis. Look, we, we wouldn't agree. Um, and in fact, often Treasury pays a little bit fast and loose with the stats. If you look at the budget, <clears throat> the wage bill is 35% of the budget. That's from Treasury figures. It has been that level consistently since 2008. For 12 years, we agreed to a three-year wage agreement to help give Treasury stability and the ability to project figures. The wage agreement this year is the lowest in the decade. It's inflation plus 1% or, or half a percent or 0% depending what salary level you are in the public service. <clears throat> the public Surely has, those has figures, found, Matthew, are contestable. I mean, I, I have uh, figures that suggest to me figures. that... Uh, I'm not quoting my figures. They're the Chinese figures. Uh, <laughs> I'm my, not anybody else's figures. I hear you. I mean, I suppose also it depends on how you interpret some of this information, but uh, there is a suggestion that some of uh, the wage bill has grown by 66% from what it was in 2009, and that, in fact, that uh, real increase is around 3.5% a year since then. But also the budget itself has grown by the same proportion since 2009. If you check the treasury stats, the wage bill has been consistently at 35%. For the last 11 years, the only time it increased was in 2008 when they hired additional nurses, doctors, teachers, and police officers. People often, I think the other point to make is that people view public servants as some sort of creature. But public servants are the 70,000 nurses, the 20,000 doctors in our hospitals, the 200,000 police officers keeping our children safe, the 70,000 correctional service officers, many other key essential workers who will be risking their lives during this lockdown and getting affected by COVID-19 at a horrendous rate. While most of us were sitting at home, these public servants were going to work every single day. The infection rates and the death rates amongst public servants now to COVID-19 are, are shockingly high. The amount of correctional service officers being affected are far higher than what that percentage of the population is. So all we're asking is that there was an inflationary linked increase for these public servants. Can we simply honor that? We are willing to find space to assist government to stabilize the finances in the next three wage, three wage agreements. And there's many ways to, to help them because, you know, inflation has, has decreased significantly from 5.5% to about 3.5% now and is likely to plummet further. So that assists government to save significantly. But I think what we would really want to say, which will really help us in negotiations, is to see politicians and management in the government departments, the entities and the SOEs, there we need to take 25% salary cuts. If someone can see that kind of sacrifice by those who earn huge salaries on top, bloated salaries, it makes it much easier to turn a nurse earning 200,000 rand that yes, we're all in it together. But right now they don't see that. They just see a minister earning 2.4 million, telling a teacher earning 200,000 rand that she earns too much. Right, that's where we'll leave it. Matthew Parks, Kasata's parliamentary coordinator there on the line, saying they are disheartened uh, by what they have described as an uninspiring and timid supplementary budget presented by Minister Mboweni.